To Canucks conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow, we should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores. Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Episode 220 today and there is a different vibe around the podcast. That is for sure major changes to the team and we'll get to those in just a minute. My name is Chris Faber. Joining me here in studio as well, David Quadrelli, who's coming in right now, just walking his way over. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here. Quads first. Let me get to the ads while you uh, close out the door. Quick episode. We are under pressure here to get this thing going. We got to get you back to the rink for the game of Alex Edler's return. But first off, we are presented by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. Be sure to head over to Zephyr Epic. Still massive sales going on. I don't know if they just haven't been alerted that Black Friday and Cyber Monday is like a one weekend thing because there are still massive sales going on at Zephyr Epic. Be sure to go check them out. ZephyrEpic.com. Use our promo code. Hockey season, capital H, capital S, hockey season at Zephyr Epic. Also delivered by the great people at DoorDash. What did I just pick up on DoorDash the other day? A little thing for my pet, because I tell you, I had this deal from PetSmart, $15 off. Quads doesn't want me wasting any time on this episode, but I got to say $15 off. I got a free bed for my uh, my little dog because I just used the $15 off thing. DoorDash just paid for paid for the tax because I got the Dash Pass. Boom. Use our promo code uh, ConvoDD. That'll get you... Uh, 25% off your first order, something like that, free delivery, all that stuff. Something like that. All the way from... Just completely mixes up the two companies. Now we're talking about Zephyr Epic. You just jump back to Zephyr. No. I guess DoorDash delivers. But That's what I said, the PetSmart. places. Yeah, DoorDash delivered the PetSmart okay. thing to me. Okay. Oh, Go yeah, ahead. I guess we got to do the from, from thing here. To, from, That's what it sounded like you were doing. From Victoria to Victoriaville, all across Canada you've done that one before but it's okay we're in a hurry here i don't have time to pull my list here promo code hockey season capital h capital s gets you five dollars off your order at zephyr epic.com set e-p-h-y-r epic we are hot off of a long day here i've been at the rink all day i was honestly thinking about napping in my car today got there at 10 30 
Morning skate. It's going to say not Talk in that suit. Players. You're wearing a suit. I'm wearing sweatpants. This is just how I want the podcast to be done. I'm wearing a suit because I had to present myself nicely to Bruce Boudreaux, who had his first press conference as the new head coach of the Vancouver Canucks. And that is what we're going to get into. First of all, you've heard the news, folks. We didn't do an emergency episode. Chris was doing color on the Abbotsford Canucks broadcast. Great job, by the way. I heard your call on Nick Patan's goal. That was fantastic. Thank you. Uh, that was the biggest news of the night. Nick Patan scoring his 50th AHL goal. In I know. I felt bad for the outsider Canucks. We had a good, they had a good night out there, but uh, and and felt bad for me making my pl- my color <laughs> debut. I felt bad for me. I did. I felt bad for me. My color debut in professional hockey. Yeah. And the whole second period turned into a podcast. We weren't even doing play by play. Me and Sabalski end up talking about the coaching and the GM the whole time. Did he give us a? How about keep it to a thank you? He didn't. Jim. But uh, I got a little something something coming down on the broadcast uh, okay. to throw back to James on that give one. Give him a thank you, Jim. I'm going to give him a thank you, Klim, when Klebovich scores a goal. <laughs> oh. And I hope he's not listening because I wanted to catch him off by yeah. surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After he does his Klebovich, whatever, scores his third of the year, then I'm going to come in and say, why don't you keep it to a thank you, Klim? That's amazing. Shout out to uh, Cody gave me that line, so That's I got to so give good. him credit. That's so good. Okay, so you've heard the news by now. Jim Benning, John Weisbrod, Travis Green, and Nolan Baumgartner all let go. The notable fire there is obviously the head coach and the general manager. I'll go through with what each person did. Obviously, the general manager, everybody knows what he does with the team. The AGM beats me. Travis Green, or I'm, I'm talking about AGM John Weisbrod in particular. I know what an AGM does. I'm talking about John Weisbrod in particular. Beats me. Travis Green, head coach. Everybody knows what he does. Nolan Baumgartner, that's the one I kind of want to talk about because runs the defense, runs the penalty kill. That's who got let go. Not Jason King, who a lot of people thought it would be because of the power play sucking, but the penalty kill has been really bad. 60% is bad. As Bruce Boudreaux said, it's not very good, is it? Not at all. And man, nice little uh, nice little intro there from Bruce Boudreaux, whose name I'm going to say a little slow to start. You know me and my, and my struggles with it. But Bruce Boudreaux, what a nice little intro for him to the media. Made everyone laugh. He was laughing about things. And not only that part of it, which we all enjoy. We all enjoy a, a smiley little kind of boost to the energy of the fan base as they cover, as we watch all this team, especially with what we've gone through for the past little bit. But a lot of takeaways that I really liked. I just liked that he wanted to get into conversation with guys like Brock Besser and Elias Pettersson early on, figure out what their problems have been this season. And and really, like he he addressed quite a few things if it was like, if Pedersen's not getting enough ice time, if he's not getting to play with the right line mates, like he wants to get Pedersen going. And I think you and I both were talking about that on the drive over here from the press conference. That's something that we're very excited about with Bruce Boudreaux is the fact that he is going to get these stars going. I don't think there's a, a very much of a doubt in a lot of people's minds that that's going to happen. This is the type of coach that that these stars want to play for, that he obviously finds success for his stars. And I think he, an interesting quote that he talked about today was like, hey, listen, like if we're looking for success, maybe I got to play a guy 30 minutes a night if he's the one that's going. Like I like stuff like that. I really liked uh, Boudreaux's intro to the Vancouver media today. I found it kind of funny with him. Everybody introducing themselves like it was the first day of school. You, David Quadrelli, Nation Network. You got Coos saying he's at 15 different Holy sites or cow, whatever he said very there. Funny. And then uh, Jeff Patterson was the only one who didn't say Scarce Price. Yeah, well, I was guys. I was thinking I'd be like, follow up Coos. Do you want better Coos? Dave Quadrelli, Nation Network, Canucks Army, Daily Faceoff, Canucks Conversation, Editor-in-Chief of the Nation Network. No big deal. Sportsnet 650. Sportsnet 650. Bruce, nice to meet you. I run this place. Yeah. Just take a step back, Coos. <laughs> the funny part was he was talking about his philosophy when talking about like goaltenders, which... <laughs> 
he's good in my books already. Oh, okay. But yeah. he used the word quads. He's like, I yeah, yeah I, heard I, I talk about different quads in the net and everybody turns and looks at me and he still well, answers No, because he fumbled his words and he said, I talk to quads. That's yeah. when he fumbled his words and he came up yeah. after. And I was like, I should probably clip that because he was like, I talk to quads. Yeah, <laughs> and he's I like, like, I talk about quads yeah, is when he everybody, corrected himself. Everybody looks at me and I'm just, just like fist bumping. And Bruce, Bruce like quickly glanced because he was confused why everybody was looking at me. But then, of course, it's about goaltending too. Yeah, exactly what so, you want. Exactly. He's like, I was talking about goaltenders. So, of course, I consulted quads. Yeah. So, hey, let's not dive into. I don't want to spend a bunch like I don't want to spend a bunch of time talking about Jim Benning and why he was like, oh, I think we've done that enough for the past what yeah. feels like two months. We don't need to spend any more time on that. If you need that. to know why Jim Benning was let go, go listen to the last podcast for the last month and a half. Yeah, and you've probably, you know, maybe there's some new listeners or maybe some people that are back on board because I really feel like what happened last night throughout the day, really, and then even kind of grew today, there is a good feeling around the fan base. of Thank you, Rick Canucks. There is a good feeling. Absolutely. And whether you were a supporter of Jim Benning or not, this change and this coming out and talking and, and hearing from the owner, hearing from Stan Smeal, I think this is just, it's really like gave some energy to the fan base that really needed it because man, we've been talking about it for a long time. The fan base is struggling to watch games. I heard people calling into the radio station last night uh, to six fifty, just saying like, Hey, I haven't been to a game in three years, but I'm ready to go back now after them finally making changes. I was driving in today. As soon as I crossed the Oak street bridge, I see Canucks jerseys walking down the street. I have not seen that at all. Like the fan base, everybody is just so happy that the changes finally happen. And though there isn't like a final change to the actual front office and the management group, I really thought that Francesco Accolini and Stan Smeal did a solid job today. Like I, I didn't think that there was many bad. There was definitely some parts you could probably nitpick and take a few things. I was like, totally. why did he kind of say that? But overall, in general, really enjoyed hearing some things specifically from the owner saying that they're going to look for a president and a general manager, the way that he mentioned both of those being something at a top priority for them. As many smart voices that are able to go into that role that have the, you know, enough, enough kind of rep in the industry that they can move into a president and GM role and have a lot of smart minds come together. You already have some good minds in the front office right there that I like, and I want to hear from more from. I think that this this organization feels like it's taking steps in the right direction finally after dragging through these last whatever years of Jim Benning here as the general manager and running the team. I just want to correct you on one thing. He didn't say they're going to hire a president. He said nothing's off the table and yep. they'll look into everything. He did stress the importance of when they get a president, the president and GM need to be on the sh- same page right from day one. Like They need to already know know each other. It can't just be a brand new relationship. That can't what happens that's what he said and the other thing that he brought up was that he was probably too patient during jim benning's regime and honestly i think that's absolutely true like a lot of people look at that and take it as oh like they didn't even go through a rebuild at all like what do you mean patience i think what he means is patience in the sense of we sucked and i bought into the idea that we were rebuilding and that's why we sucked not that they accidentally sucked because they tried to field a competitive team and failed miserably because that's exactly what happened under this management regime. And again, we're not going to get too far into it and critique every move Jim Benning made. But I think that's when Aquilini says I was too patient. That's what he means is I should have seen long ago that this was a ship headed absolutely nowhere and it needed to change a long time ago. Yeah. And I think he addressed a few of the questions as well that were coming from Farhan and Jeff about if he was meddling with the team in a certain degree. He yeah, said the autonomy. 
Yeah, and uh, and he kind of said no. He kind of tiptoed around it, said owners own, managers manage, coaches coach, players play, whatever he said there. That's probably something that he had given to him or written down before he went in there, of course, to answer that question. I just hope that they that that isn't just spoken word at a media conference. I hope that that is what is actually going to be happening moving forward because we don't know for sure that that's why Jim Benning was around for so long. And I think Francesco addressed, like, I feel like he did a fine job of addressing those questions. He gave some cookie-cutter answers on some of them, but at a certain degree, I felt like there actually was some honesty from not only Stan Smeal, who I thought was very honest about a lot of different things, but Francesco was pretty honest about certain things. You bring up the fact that he said he probably was too patient. There's a, a sign of honesty where he probably made a mistake, and I think that hearing honesty is something that that's kind of like all we want as media. I think fans want the same thing. I think players and coaches and everyone around the organization wants the same thing. And to get some honesty today, that was the biggest takeaway that I had from the whole Smeal and Aquilini uh, press conference was just to hear honesty was so nice because I feel like I've been fed dog crap from a lot of the people in the front office for a long time. And even a good example of it was your question to Jim Benning a few, few weeks ago. Felt like I was getting fed dog crap with that answer when he said that. I felt like I was getting some honesty today from the owner which we don't hear from a lot and we won't hear from him probably until probably the, next, the last uh, time we'll hear from him. Yeah. Until like maybe in our media careers, uh, the last time we maybe hear from Francesco Aquilini, but I was, I was pleased to hear the honesty to be hundred percent honest. I am feeling so much better about what you and I do on a daily basis of covering this team. I'm feeling so much better about sitting down and writing an article tonight after these changes finally happened. And I know that it's, you know, people lost their jobs, it's also it's that's comes with this industry. Okay. That comes with this industry. If I, if I was walking down, you know, the, if I was in this, if I was in the stands chanting fire Benning, you would have to fire me. There's certain things that you can't do or have to have a certain level of professionalism and do a good job. And I told you that when you you were at the game where the fire Benning chest started, yeah. I'm like, Hey, just so you know, like, you're not participating in that, no, right? Of course, of course no, of course, no, of course were. not. I don't. I barely, like, you know, from being like so media brought down <laughs> stuff. I don't even like stand up when there was a goal. I'll be 100 percent honest yes. though. When Vasily Podkolzin and put one in the back, and that when <laughs> I was in the rink, I was up and cheering. Okay, <laughs> I was cheering for that Amazing. one. But most of the goals, I just you know, okay, nice. It's just it's been beaten out of me being up in the press box that you can't cheer for a goal. But honestly, just I like. I'll get your opinion on it here too. But really, I really, really enjoyed. Stan Smeal and Aquilini's media today because of the honesty. I felt honesty from one of those type of high-level management press conferences. I don't think I've felt that in the last eight years with Jim Benning as a GM. Yeah, absolutely. Like In terms of what Aquilini could have done today, I think he did the best that we could have expected from him, right? And you know who I really liked? Stan Smeal. Very yeah. honest guy. Like, giving a lot of honest answers and you could tell he he's passionate. Like, it actually disturbed Stan. You could tell by his answer how the last game went. Like you could really tell that that was something that didn't sit well with him. The booing, the jersey on the ice. Like, and we, we'll get to that in a, another episode. I don't want to dive too deep into that. I've already given my take on that. I don't like it. I don't like throwing the jersey on the ice. Uh, obviously, I get it. Like, I'm not saying I'm not going to come cry on Twitter about it. But I don't like it. I wouldn't have done it. But obviously, uh, you know, fans are allowed to express their distaste however they'd like so i just want to touch the last thing about the aquilini smeal press conference is 
He's asked about communication. And when I say he, I'm talking about Aquilini. Do you have a clip? Just what a, do you... just a uh, quote that I'll get to. So you go first. Okay. Well, I got one more thing I want to get to. Yeah. Well. So he's talking about communication and the need for a president and how that would help. And he even joked, and I'm talking about Aquilini here. He even joked like, yeah, if we had a president, I wouldn't have to be here today. Like, he's like, I wouldn't have to talk. And, you know, that probably sounds absolutely great to Francesco because, you know, it was posed to him that they put Travis Green in an unfair situation. Like, having to talk about the Jake Furtanen sexual assault allegations, Yeah, that's not a coach's job. Like, that's that's just not your head coach's duty. So, for him to say that communication needs to be better, and he said, I agree with you to Jeff Patterson, like, five times. He said, I agree with you, communication needs to be better. That was also another good answer that I, I really like to see, because this isn't just for us as media. This is for the fans. And... It wasn't communication about, oh, the next time someone gets um, allegations against them. That's not what it was about. It was about communication of a plan to your fans, like a concrete plan and communicating that effectively. And he agreed that it needs to be better. And it does. Absolutely. Yeah. That's kind of what I was talking about, too, when I was talking about honesty, is that that quote there and hearing that answer felt like an honest answer because it was it was correct. And a great question by Jeff, which was, you know, Jeff was going the Kuzra with one of those one minute questions on that one. But uh, he got it out there and got a good answer as well. The one that I wanted to bring up uh, before we kind of move move back to Boudreaux and start to look forward a little bit here was the stance meal talking about finger pointing. Like you, you remember this quote yes, from it where yes. he said, what happens when you get to this point, you get finger pointing. And then he mentioned that, you know, then he's kind of named every potential spot that you could point fingers from general manager to players, players to coaches. Seemed like he went the whole he even route. He said ownership. Yeah, he, he said brought the in coach like. starts pointing at ownership. Yeah, and all of that, he, he mentioned it all. But to continue the quote, he said, we all have responsibility here. The only people that are going to make any difference are the players in the dressing room and the sense of the direction that we have in as, as an organization. That quote I loved from Stanisfield because, yes, the players are going to be the ultimate ones to seeing how this team goes. But the bigger picture is the direction of the team. And it felt like there wasn't that type of direction with the Vancouver Canucks, specifically over the past three to four years, I'd have to say. Like, you know, I've talked about it a lot. The, all the draft picks that were traded from Jim Benning, it felt like this team was pushing all their chips in when they didn't have a lot of chips. It felt like they were in a heads-up game and they had $4,000 and the chip leader had 90000 it, it felt like they were way too... They didn't build up enough chips yet to really push them all in and make an impact. It felt like it was an all-in effort to you know not lose the poker game at this point. But that's, I mean, to hear the finger-pointing thing, especially at the end, and I think to hear that from Stan Smeal, who I think really earned a lot of fans today, and I think having him be named as the interim GM made a lot of sense from last night not making a lot of sense to some people saying, why would he be the GM? And I was someone that was questioning that as well. I always had the thought that Chris Gear or Ryan Johnson would have more experience, would be a better voice to hear from, specifically Ryan Johnson, who I think speaks very well with the public and in the media. But Stan Smeal feels like the right guy to be the interim GM, and I think he's going to be a big part of helping to find the next general manager and potentially president moving forward. And that was something that Aquilina communicated as well, that that group of leadership that he talked about with Henrik and Daniel and, and RJ and Chris gear. And I believe he said Aiden Fox as well. Did he say he brought up another name in there? No? I don't think he brought up Aiden. There was another name that, that wasn't quite in the AGMs that he brought Doug up. Jarvis John Wall. Did he bring up John, oh, John Wall? Wall? That's who did. it was. Yeah. Um, so he brought him up Oddly as well. Enough, left out one of the Sedins. He left out Daniel. I know he left out Daniel. Off the top. I said, yo, Dan, first Daniel doesn't get a doesn't get the C. Now he doesn't even get a shout out in the presser. 
Daniel's just getting run over in his career. No, obviously they do a lot. And I saw the Sedins, both of them out there. Um, well, I didn't see both. I saw one, but I just assumed that the other one was there with him uh, in Abbotsford at the game on Monday. And I'll tell you, man, when all this stuff started dropping, madness going on in the Canucks room. I walked by the Canucks room at one point uh, between intermissions to go see Harmon and nobody in there at one point, which is very, I've never seen that before mm. at, uh, at the Abbotsford Center. Not one person. And I saw RJ scrambling around with PR. I saw this one of the Sedins walking up. Could have been the other one, but they, one of them came and gave us a fist bump before we started the broadcast there uh, out in Abbotsford. And then, yeah, I've never seen that boot, that, uh, that sweet clear out so fast as when the news dropped and everything just started going. And obviously they knew it was happening, but I think once the news dropped officially from... Uh, from Earth, that uh, it was the front office going as well, and shout out to Earth. Shot him a text uh, yesterday. Good, uh, good reporting by Earth. It was just a battle on who was going to break that uh, the the management going down as well. So, I I think maybe we'll leave it there. Um, unless there's anything else you want to go from the presser before we start to look forward, and I no. think we're both going to have a very positive outlook on what's going to happen. Next I think bit. the last thing I want to talk about is the morning skate and Bruce Boudreaux as the new Canucks head coach. Sure. Well, let's do that on the other side. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the game a little bit tonight because, hey, Alex Edler back in town. They're going to be a good little game tonight, but uh, people are probably listening to this after the game anyways. So we'll throw to a quick break here from our friends at Parallel 49, and uh, we'll see you guys on the other side. Winter is quickly approaching, but wait, that means your favorite seasonal brew is back to cheer you up. The Tukes of Hazard is now available across British Columbia and Alberta in their government and private liquor stores. This extra strong brew has a whopping 9.2% alcohol, big hop punch, even bigger body and aroma, and just a touch of white haze. The Parallel 49 fan favorite is smoother than a freshly cleaned ice rink. And a massive thank you to all of our sponsors here at the Canucks Conversation Podcast. Now, Chris, I did say I wanted to talk about Bruce Boudreaux and what I saw from him at Morning Skate today. I was out there. He's a ball cap guy. I can confirm that. Whereas, well, good. Uh, that's, that's, everyone's asking the questions. Is he a ball cap guy or not? Yeah, him and Bradshaw, both ball cap guys. Signs of a good coach. So, saw him at practice today. As I tweeted out, made a note to go up to every star player and talk to them individually. But the one player that we really noticed was Brock Besser. And he was talking about talking to him quite a bit. So he got asked about it in his press conference. And basically what he said, what he told Brock was just, man, like you used to terrorize us when we would play against you. And you did that by shooting. And look, I we've both had the take for a while now that it needs to be a veteran voice that comes into this team. And especially you look at Boudreaux's track record with turning around teams that are just in the absolute dumps in the standings. Like again, not to sound too, too optimistic here, but if anybody can turn around, it's Bruce Boudreaux. Like it's a great hire by this organization. I think they deserve full credit for that. Yeah. The the stat that he brought up was like after Anaheim, it took him a week to kind of figure things out. Then they went 21, two and two. Yeah. 21, two and two. To finish a season. Like, and that's obviously insane. we've seen the tweet going around for Brendan Batchelor about the, the getting the Capitals back into the playoffs after being 6-14-1 or something. Which is, like, very similar to what the Canucks are at right yeah, now. Yeah, very so, close record. But, yeah. What I was saying is he basically was talking to Brock and said, like, man, you were a shooter. Like, you've, you've just got to start shooting. And he said he was going to go have a conversation with Elias Pettersson before the game tonight. Uh, he said he was going to do that right after his uh, availability with us. So, look, like... It's not really, I don't want to give Bruce all the credit. 
if these guys turn it around because we know what kind of players they are. But I think just having a coaching change gives you a spark as a player. And for Besser in particular, to hear a veteran voice like that, who he knows has been around the league, who he knows has seen him play and tried to shut him down, saying such positive things about him, like that means something. And it's not really something that the Canucks have had much of in their coaching staff. Yeah. And I think with the Bruce Boudreaux coming in here, having this deal, like you and I talked about his name a little bit before. We just didn't think it was possible to get Bruce Boudreaux to come in here. We didn't think he'd come on a two year contract. I think that's where you and I were just kind of like, well, I don't think you're going to get any veteran coach for that. Cause that was uh, allegedly that was the hang up with Claude Julian was he wasn't taking two years. Mm. And I think we also, and I, I think I'm speaking for you a little bit here as well, but for myself, and I think you, I, th- I didn't think we were going to see both the GM and coach go at the same night. No, I didn't either. I I'm think glad that we was, did. and I think maybe I, I'm glad we did too, but you, I think the reason you and I had this talk and why we didn't think Bruce Boudreaux was going to come in while we thought it was going to be Brad Shaw is because that would have been the Canucks move that would have stayed with what we've seen over the past, you know, eight years. That would have kept the status quo and that would have just been the cheapest option for it's ownership. What, it's what we expected, right? Like that is absolutely what we expected. What happened is not what we expected, but it is the best possible outcome, I yeah, think. Absolutely. Especially absolutely. with this deal where Boudreaux, like we he talked about it a little bit today, you know, obviously until they're eliminated from the playoffs, his goal is going to be make the playoffs. But I loved what he said about hey, if you pick up one point every week, you know, you're talking about getting into January and being in a, in the talks for a playoff spot. That's a really positive way of looking at it. And I think it's a good way of looking at it where you don't have to look so far ahead because look at what the Canucks really have to do with their roster in the long run. It is or with their with their schedule in the long run is they have to really win a lot of games. They have to basically win two out of three the rest of the year to get into a playoff spot. And the way Bruce put it at the press conference today was he said, what are we nine points out of a playoff spot? He said, yeah, it's daunting if you look at it and say, guys, we got to win like 12 games in a row or whatever. But he said. If we just win every week from here on out and get one point a week, we're back in a playoff spot. Yeah. That's what I just said. Were you listening to me? Yeah, I was. Okay. Sorry, but it was, was that like quote just... in particular that I really liked. Okay, you weren't even on your phone because sometimes you're on your phone and you miss things like that. But I was like, that's exactly what I said. Anyways, um, yeah, I think the exciting thing is like, I don't know. It's not like there's exact similarities with the teams that he coached with the Capitals, but there are some. Like a lot of people have brought up Mike Green and Quinn Hughes as being similar defensemen. Got a lot of really good things out of a guy like Mike Green. Quinn Hughes has had a season this year where I really think he's done a lot of good things. I'm interested to see if he even gets better because we look at the guys who need a bounce back from what they've happened to them early on in the year with Elias Pettersson and Brock Besser being the prime two examples. But it's like, what what can he get out of Quinn Hughes that we haven't seen already this year? Because I think Quinn's been pretty good through putting up offense specifically and defense too. Like I think he's really improved his defense. Having brought having Bruce Boudreaux be the guy coming in, it sounds like I'm dropping that in. That's what I should. I should just have a drop <laughs> of me saying Bruce Boudreaux because uh, I know people are giving it to me on Twitter that I screw up his name all the time. Anyways, I'm interested to not only see how the players bounce back, but which players he can get more out of. Can he get more out of JT Miller? Can he get more out of Bo Horvat? And then the final thing, and I'll ask you about this. I want to just maybe maybe see if you can even just guess the name when he said that somebody approached him today and was like, hey, I want to do some penalty killing. And he's like, okay, we'll see what happens. And I loved what he said about players approach him. And he'll say, you know, if the player wants more minutes, he'll give them more minutes. If they don't succeed and they don't have success with the more minutes, then they better not ask again because they're not going to get it. Like, I loved that he mentioned today saying that NHL players now are really smart hockey players. They really understand the game. And that is so true, right? 
look at players that come up nowadays. They all know things about analytics. They're all taught everything in junior. They're getting lots of video. You know, they're getting video of their own game from the age of 10 years old, breaking down their own game, especially the stars. So they are smart hockey players. All of them in the NHL. 99% of them in the NHL are smart hockey players. Yep. The other 1% goes to the KHL. But the 99% oh. of players that, that are smart hockey players, that's what I like to hear from Bruce Boudreaux, is that he's going to be able to let them come to him with something and give them an opportunity to at least have it. But he said if they don't have success and they can't prove that what they're asking for is something they can do, then they better not ask again. Like I, I like really love that quote from Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah, I think he's going to be a player's coach, but I also think he's going to be a coach who's honest in the media. And I don't think we had that a lot with Travis. Like, even right up until he was leaving, Travis refused to, like, throw his players under the bus. That's pretty noble of Travis. But I think what I will say, and you brought up the KHL, so what I will say, wow, something in my throat, jeez. If Bruce Boudreaux had Jake Vertanen as a player... He would have not only been healthy scratched a lot sooner than Travis healthy scratched him, but Boudreaux would have been very open with what Jake needs to do to get better. And yeah. he would have made it very public. I think we are going to get those type of quotes from, from I think so too. And I think it's Bruce a good, I think Boudreaux. it's a good change of pace. Like today was a breath of fresh air. I gotta say, and this isn't anything against Travis Green. Wish him all the best. But Especially man, the way Travis was treated at the end. That was Yeah, it was weird. Not was even weird in the feeling. end. The past two years, very unfair to what Travis has treated and Props to him for being a trooper. I think people are going to see what happened to him over the past year, and he's going to be back in the NHL very soon. I think he's going to be back in the NHL in no time. When a coaching spot opens up, Travis Green's name is going to be one of the ones talked about. For sure. I agree. Absolutely. Okay. And just so people know, if someone hires Travis Green, this rule change just happened. Remember how the Canucks got a second-round pick because somebody signed John Tortorella? That doesn't happen anymore. You don't get compensation for another team signing your coaches under contract anymore. So some people out there were like, oh, maybe we can get a second round pick, another one for someone getting Travis and adding him to their group. I believe I'm going to triple check this, but I've kind of checked this uh, on the CBA that the most recent one. And I've been reading the CBA a lot lately, man. I've been reading the CBA this morning. Hey, a young Ryan bit. Beach. I am. Yeah. Young Ryan Beach. I already stole his uh, stole his gig with the gifts uh, on Twitter. And then uh, now I'm stealing the. Uh, Still in his CBA readings. So I don't read books. I read the CBA. But okay. I'll, I'll double check that and, and get that out on Twitter for sure here soon. But uh, moving forward, I just what a breath of fresh air from everything over the past couple of days here. Changes happened. Changes was needed. Change was needed. And we've finally seen it. I think there's going to be a long process. And I've been saying it for a long time. You have such a long amount of time during the Olympic break. Three solid weeks to have people come in. You know, start making the calls now. Say, hey, when February 4th rolls around, we're going to start getting you in here to show us a presentation of what you want to do with this organization and have it be presidents, general managers, make them work together, talk, you know, find out your top candidates, bring them in together to see how they react together as a president GM and come out of that Olympic break, come out of the Olympic break with a president, a GM and a goddamn plan on what you want to do to get this team back to Stanley Cup contention. Final thing I want to say. Francesco was asked flat out about rebuilding again, and he didn't answer. He said that's going to be up to the new GM. So th- something to keep an eye on. Yes. Uh, to that point, I love that one, too. That was another thing that I hope is honest. I hope that, you know, that there wasn't a question asked to him about, you know, wanting to just get into the playoffs. The fact, But that question that was asked about that and the way that he answered it, I, I love that answer. Because, listen, there is going to need to be rebuilding to the roster. 
whether it's a long rebuild or a quick retool, depending on what a GM can make happen, there has to be some reconstruction of this roster. Reconstruction of the defense in particular. And also, I just wanted to add, Thomas Drans did ask about that low bar of just getting in the playoffs. And Francesco did admit it needs to be higher. They need to strive for excellence once again. Yeah, And that's absolutely. what this organization needs to do. They used to do it, and they need to start doing it again because they haven't for the past eight years. Yeah, absolutely. Just what a what a good day. Good day for us to have a uh, good day to come in and podcast. Very excited about it. And I got to do color for the uh, Abbotsford Canucks the other day, which was a lot of fun. think I'm going to be out there doing some more of that. Seaball uh, enjoyed uh, my company apparently out there. So that was good. We will uh, we'll wrap things up on that. No, though, a little bit of a short episode, but this is kind of just our breaking down of what we're excited for moving forward because there's a lot of things that Canucks fans should be excited for. I'm, I'm expecting to see more people listen to this show than they have in the past few weeks. I hope that there's more excitement from people out there. Uh, and it's an exciting time right now to be a Canucks fan because change is upon us and change is going to be happening moving forward. So for my co-host, David Quadrelli, my name is Chris Faber. Oh, almost missed. Almost messed it up there. I've been so good at Bruce Boudreaux all episode. How you like that? I've been I've been nailing Boudreaux the whole time. Almost did it again. Uh, thank you so much for listening to episode 220 of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?